Welcome back to the Vine Church podcast. Today we continue our studies in 1 Thessalonians, Paul, the Gospel and the Church. If you haven't already, you can find us on YouTube at the Vine Church Heart. We'd love for you to join us over there. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. It's nice to be back again with you. It's been a long time since I've uh, led one of our morning devotionals, but a pleasure nonetheless. So we're carrying on through 1 Thessalonians. Uh, This morning we're in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, just in the first two verses. So, oh, I think we have a visitor who wants to say hello before I read these verses. Do you want to come and say hello? The one-year-old, who, as you may see from the banners behind, had a lovely birthday. Come say hello. Give him a wave. Give him a wave. Oh, just a little point. Fair enough. You go back to my mum. So, as I say, we're in uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. I'm just reading the first two verses this morning. So it says this. Therefore, when we could bear it no longer, we were willing to be left behind at Athens alone. And we sent Timothy, our brother and God's co-worker in the gospel of Christ, to establish and exhort you in the faith. Um, That's all I'm going to read this morning. but nonetheless, I think there's still there's quite a lot there, really, in, in, in those few words about um, Paul, about the person we're reading uh, through, about his love for the Thessalonians, but also about us and kind of how we can find ourselves in Paul's shoes, also in the shoes of the Thessalonians. And I also think that in these very small, uh, in this very small section, just two verses, there's a real kind of challenge and a stir uh, for us as well. And, and I think that the main thing we're seeing here, as we've seen in lots of parts of this letter, is uh, disconnection. Paul is feeling really disconnected from these people who he dearly loves. And he is longing to hear from them. You know, straight away, we can already see how we might fit into this category of feeling disconnected from the church that we love, disconnected from the believers who we want to spend time with. And so we, we can all, we can, we can step right into where Paul is at. And he is longing to hear something from them. And, and this, this concern for them, this longing to hear from them, this worry for them, is really part of how preciously he views them, how precious this church is to him. And so he's he's worried because of how much he loves them. You know, Andy spoke yesterday about uh, the affection that he has for them, that they are his uh, his glory and joy. They're his crown, that Paul has these very um, kind of much exalted language for this church in Thessalonica uh, because of how much he loves them and how much they mean to him and how and how he's seen them come to faith. As I say, he spoke, Andy spoke yesterday about how much they mean to Paul. And he talks about earlier on in the book, he talks about how they uh, were intimate and gentle with them, like a nursing mother with her own children. We read in chapter two, verse eight, that he was affectionately desirous of them. Paul loves these people. He has a real heart for these people. He's seen them leave behind their uh, 
their Gentile ways, leave behind the corruption that they live in and follow after the gospel, come to know Christ. And he's labored among them. He shared himself with them. That's his big point in chapter two is we didn't just come among you and kind of exploit you and abuse you and, and you weren't just expedient to us. We came and shared ourselves with you. He, he was a tent maker among them. He had a job and he didn't want to be a burden to them because he loved them. And he saw as he was doing this, God's power come powerfully upon them and change them and transform them. And so there was this excitement that overcame Paul and the apostles. But the problem is when they're separated, when they're disconnected, when they're apart, that excitement can quickly turn into worry. That excitement and joy and seeing what God has done so overwhelmingly and quickly can turn to worry when you can't see a sense of accountability or how they're living up to that calling now. There's a there's a sense that worry comes and creeps in. And I don't think it's just true. Of I mean, there's so many things in life where you can be overwhelmed with excitement over something. And then as soon as you take a step back now, it's like, OK, and how long can I hold on to this? You know, worry starts to creep in as soon as excitement does. And it reminds me, there's a, an amazing book by a theologian called Jonathan Edwards called Religious Affections. And it's quite an interesting book, really, because he's writing it just off the back of a, um, a huge revival where he's seen his church fill up with people, where he's seen people who he knew were living um, terrible, ungodly lifestyles. And he's seeing them transform. And he's seen thousands of people in his community change and be filled with the spirit. It's quite an amazing uh, reality to have witnessed. But when you read religious affections coming just off the back of this, it's quite gloomy, really. It's, it's quite a gloomy book. It's, it's as though the, the revival was the summer. And now Jonathan Edwards is writing an autumn book. Because now he's seeing, well, how many of these people actually meant what they said? How many of these people are actually living up to what we saw, to the change we saw in them? And so he writes this book, Religious Affections, is about how do we know um, the truly saved apart from the not truly saved? He's saying, is there a way we can tell? Are there fruits we can see? And he comes to the conclusion that your affections are the, uh, are the greatest indicator about whether or not your conversion is genuine. But it's a, it's a long, it's almost a laborious book because he's really grappling with these problems. Well, this person did this amazing thing. This person was transformed in this way, but now they seem to have gone right back. So. I guess outward signs isn't the uh, isn't the key indicator. But then this person really didn't change at all. But now they're they're going steady. And as I say, he he kind of goes through everything through a biblical perspective and and asks, how do we know? And I think that Paul's in a kind of a similar boat to Jonathan Edwards. He's seen all these things, and now he's he's worrying: um, are they are they genuine? But the difference is, Jonathan Edwards can see his church around him the difference is we have zoom and whatsapp and we can ring people up and we can be in contact so even though our disconnection is real and felt there's there's something we can do about it even if it's only a halfway step but for paul he's just a sitting duck he the only option he has really is to wallow he can just wallow in his worry and not be in contact with these people that he loves, who he wants to know are uh, standing firm 
on the faith uh, in the faith and bear in mind paul's also hearing that they're now being told oh those apostles have abandoned you they don't care about you and you see a very pastoral heart of paul because he, he's saying no you know that we cared about you and we love you and we wouldn't choose to just abandon you we want to see you and this this word that he says in verse one is really quite telling he says when we could bear it no longer we've got to do something about it i need to just hear that you guys are okay he has a longing to connect with them he needs to know that they are all right and so what we see him doing is something really quite sacrificial he sends someone that he would really rather keep with him he sends timothy our brother and god's co-worker in the gospel of christ this precious man who means a lot to Paul, who's like a son to Paul. And Paul, his love for them is really shown in that now he is left alone. He's by himself, but he would rather be by himself and send them Timothy just to hear from them than keep Timothy with him. And he sends Timothy, a co-worker in the gospel of Christ, to establish and exhort you in your faith, to, to, to encourage you, to make sure you're doing well, and so the, the, the pastoral heart of the pastor, of the apostle, of Paul, is really a challenge for us, both on the pastoring side and on the people side. On the pastoring side, the, the message is quite obvious. Have the same heart as Paul. Love those people who you uh, tend to self-sacrifice in order to care for them. As I say, Paul made himself uncomfortable in order to make sure they're okay. And obviously, as Christians, this ethic of, of uh, self-sacrifice for the sake of others is, is hardly anything new. You know, it's, it's what our very religion is founded upon, the God who sacrificed himself for us. So this is all very much just working out what it means to be a Christ follower. But it's nonetheless a challenge to sacrifice our comfort for the sake of those whom we love. But on the side of the church, there's a sense where that Paul, what Paul is saying to them is, is to say, don't think that we don't care for you just because we can't be there all the time. I, I want to, to labor with you. I want to be there for you. I want to love you. I want to be there. And so for, for us as, as church people who are under the authority of elders, as they are in the Thessalonians as well, our challenge is to support and love and care and acknowledge that our elders want what's best for us. And when we submit to their authority, as, as the Thessalonians are submitting to, to Paul and the Apostles' authority, it's not like a, they're the boss, you just do what they're told. It's actually, no, this is about a, a kind of a mutual affection, about doing what uh, God wants through what they are commanding, through that what they are suggesting, through how they are tending to us. And so I think in these in these in the small two verses, we, we have a man who is a leader of a church who is longing to be with his people again. And we have a church that is being told, don't think I'm not longing to be with you again. I want to be with you. I want to be there for you. And so the challenge is it goes really beyond church leadership. The challenge is. Just like Paul, giving up our Timothys, giving up the things which are precious to us, to self-sacrifice for the sake of not just demonstrating, but really acting out the love that we have for our fellow brothers and sisters.
And finally, we see that Paul doesn't send Timothy just to uh, encourage them, just to go along and see them and say hello. He goes to encourage them by reminding them of the gospel, by exhorting them in the faith. There is no greater encouragement you could give someone who knows the Lord Jesus than the gospel. It's something that we constantly need to be reminded of. It's something that we constantly need to come back to, God's gospel. The means by which we are a family, the means by which we are brought together, the means that it, the gospel is the love that binds Paul to the Thessalonians. If we come back to the gospel, we will find ourselves built up together in love and becoming affectionately desirous for one another, just as Paul is for them. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that you gave your spirit through uh, other humans in order to communicate truth to us. And Lord, we thank you for the heart of Paul that we see in this letter, that he has a longing to connect. He's not a CEO of a business with various employees spread out across Europe. Lord, he is a, a shepherd with a flock that he loves and cares for. Lord, help us, we pray, to be a flock that honours and loves and cares for those who we are submitted to. Lord, help us to have that sense of uh, affection and love for the rest of the brotherhood, for, for all those who would call themselves Christ followers. And help us follow in your example of giving up those things which are precious for us, to us, in order to serve those whom we love. In Jesus' name we pray.